signing on to the CP show. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Saturday night. It's been a crazy week in the political world. We have a lot to talk about. We have a great show for you guys tonight. It's uh, started off pretty well. Uh, we both live in Arizona, and <laughs> we do not do say daylight savings time, so we were expecting the normal time of 8 p.m. for us, and we uh, find out about 10 minutes ago that, nope, it's 7, 7 p.m. So. <laughs> yeah, so please, we might be a little bit um what would you say uh discombobulated because we we forgot that the rest of the country is on time daylight savings time and so we were uh, taken by surprise i'm glad i wasn't taking a nap before the show yeah if i'm out of breath it's because i was running around trying to, <laughs> to get my <laughs> but um, so <laughs> as anyway with all that said we do have a really interesting show with everyone tonight we have a couple topics we're kind of talking about it's back to the two of us but um we're going to be talking about kind of COVID and, and local elections and how that's kind of played out across, you know, across the country. Um, we're also going to be kind of talking about um, the state of kind of cancel culture and politics and how that's affected, how that's gone from, you know, what really started as uh, very specifically kind of going after guys who uh, are pr primarily men who are very predatory. Um, and now it's kind of morphed into this thing that's gone after quite a lot of people for various things that, you know, can be seen kind of construed as either important or not you know not that big of a deal um and then we're also going to be kind of we're also going to uh talk i believe what was the other thing we're going to be talking about kathleen uh well just about the amount of elections and politicians mm. and, and local elections especially i don't think people realize that really how many local elections take place and and every year every other year and and i think um that kind of goes into why we feel candidates platform is so important absolutely yeah. Um, so I think we should, we got a little bit of horse, in, uh, right in front of the horse, but uh, my name is Diego and uh, this is my co-host Kathleen. Yes, and... and we're on time zone warp, so please bear with <laughs> us today. We'll be better next time. <laughs> well, I think the first thing we should probably delve into is um, kind of COVID. It's such a pressing okay. thing. We are kind of, hopefully kind of on the crest of it. We're going to be going out of it. Um, we do have vaccinations. I was actually at a at an event and um, they were having a COVID vaccine site and it was packed, I tell you, it was really, um, it was really, really busy. And so that's obviously a good sign for, uh, for people who want to get the vaccine. Um, and, and that's exactly kind of going into what we can talk about. Um, you know, luckily Arizona has, uh, you know, we've had a pretty good distribution rollout in my opinion. Uh, we've definitely gotten a lot of people who needed it. Uh, vac vaccinated and actually I believe that we're going to be pretty soon whoever wants it and and that's all again you know because of Trump and then I think Biden also allowed this policy of generally letting the states handle it so um, we do have kind of uh, a very localized where you were depending where you live in the country you're going to see vastly different results on and I'm just you know vaccine rollouts and stuff like that so I think it's really interesting uh, I do too and it's interesting how the federal versus state versus local, right? Governments are dealing with it. And I have always, back in my younger days, I always wasn't that keen on state rights. I was kind of thinking that most states weren't doing the right thing, <clears throat> so therefore you needed federal guidance um, to push states along to doing the right thing, whether it was, say, in my day, passing the ERA, things like that. Now... As I guess you know, you can change your mind. Hopefully, it's it's, and that's where we come into cancel culture, right? It's kind of difficult to have a different view. But I think the states are doing a much better job of dealing with the issue based on their 
local, the, the people in their community, how things run, how things work, than having a federal rollout, the mandate that you have to do it this way. And I never really thought I would, I would come to that conclusion, but I do. I, I do think that now, more than ever, states need to have the right to decide how things are going to happen in crises, because not every state is the same. Not every local town is the same. I mean, the state of Arizona, Flagstaff is very different than, say, um, Nogales. So I think it's very important that the states be given the ability to make these decisions for their citizens and do it in the best way that they can for the safety, too, that, that people in D.C. just don't understand. And, and there is a huge difference between, you know, roll, how a rollout would look on a, you know, in an urban area versus suburban versus rural area. Um, and then even within urban areas, I mean, if you live in L.A., it's obviously going to be way more uh, car centric than, say, if you live in, you know, D.C. or, or New, York New York or something that's much yeah. more, you know, condensed. So it's and, and that's, you know, regardless of whether you like or dislike wherever you live, um, what they've done with uh, with their COVID response, I think it's really opened people uh, up this year to how much the local and state stuff matters. I mean, you know, obviously it's it's the federal stuff is the stuff that's going to be way, you know, that's that's the kind of the sexy stuff that everyone wants to talk about. But really, when it comes down to it, um, in your life, you know, whether it's Trump or Biden. Um, that that kind of stuff doesn't really affect you anywhere near as much as what who your you know city councilman is, who your um, who your governor is. I mean, uh, if you live in even your county supervisor, look at how much in Arizona counties had uh, supervisors had a huge role in deciding how the rollout was and who would get it. Yeah, same thing with you know mask mandates stuff like that. I mean, that's really for for a lot of places, um, and you know Arizona is a perfect example. It's really entirely up to the cities. There's no state law um, right. or state mandate for masks. It's entirely up for this, up to the cities. So you do have some cities that uh, basically have no mask laws, um, and then other cities, uh, you know, obviously do. Tends to be the bigger ones tend to have the law, the mask mandates, um, and and that's the thing. This is, but some small cities, towns in Arizona. I know a lot of the border um, towns. You know, that it makes a lot more sense for them to be much tougher because they are on the border where you are, you know, obviously getting an influx of people from other countries. Um, and so, you know, that's going to be kind of put into question the safety of uh, kind of COVID spread. Well, it's interesting that people don't seem to make that connection between the immigration crisis and COVID because these people, you know, are coming into the country and where we are pretty much told to stay home, wear masks, get your vaccination before you can even meet your family members. There is... I, and quite, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people coming through our borders that are not even being tested. I know Brownsville, I think, is testing them, but many other localities just don't have the funds to do it. So it's kind of, uh, in a sense, this is definitely where I think states that are on the border need to have more control and receive funds from the federal government to be able to deal with it. Because if you just want to deal with the issue of public health, it shouldn't be politicized. It should be about protecting the citizens who we've, the Mer you know, we have gone through a shutdown of our economy where we've been told to stay home and to not understand that people we're letting in need to go through that same process. I I'm not, it's a total disconnect. And I'm trying to figure out where the logic comes into it and having difficulty, but I think it's that much more important why states and local communities need to be able to make the kind of decisions that impact the health, the, the health and safety of their people. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of agree with you um, on this one. I, I do kind of actually think that regarding, you know, immigration, and it's not just me. I mean, there have been quite a lot of polls recently that really the numbers, um, the majority of people are worried about you know, COVID in regards to immigration, because you just don't know what standards, um, you know, people coming from different countries might have. They, you know, they might be coming from a country that has much higher rates right now. And, and let's face it, you know, probably America is one of the most vaccinated countries that there is. We get vaccinated for everything. And when you go to places like Mexico, they don't have vaccinations. So we need to be very like to put politics aside and take this as a very serious step to our public safety. 
And we have to understand that if you're going to let this influx, not only are we talking about COVID, we're talking about tuberculosis, the measles, mumps, rubella, all the stuff that we've been vaccinated since for generations. The people we're letting into the country without even tracing where they're going have not had that. So we have to be much smarter and we have to make sense about this approach. Therefore, you know, I'm hearing local mayors, local legislatures, governors understanding what's happening much more so than the people back in D.C. They are not here. They don't see it. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago I was on the border and um, we witnessed, you know, a, a, there's actually three fences, two of them. From Mexico side, coming from Mexico to the U.S., you have a fence that's got the barbed wire, a second one that's got the barbed wire, and then the steel one. And this gentleman had managed to make it over the top two, but fell, broke his leg, and there was the, they were going to air vacuum him out, there was the police, there was the ambulance, who were going to take care of this gentleman. And, you know, when you see that visually, you understand what's happening, the crisis, in D.C., you don't understand it because there's no connection to the human factor. So it's costing these local communities a lot of money to be able to have to deal with people coming over at any means. And they don't, they really, if they fall and hurt themselves, whatever happens, it's, it's, it's something that's really very hard to see. But you can see how hard it is for the local communities to deal with it financially with the resources, limited resources they have. And so that's what's so important about these positions and why I think local mayors, state senators, and state uh, representatives should be listened to more now than ever. And, anyway. and on the flip side with that, I mean, there is definitely a, you know, a humanitarian aspect to that that you can say, well, you know, there is a lot of people that um, – you know, these people are in need of medical attention, and isn't that kind of the classic, uh, classic kind of, you know, you're, uh, you're tired, you're weary. And so if that is of your opinion, if you're of that opinion and that frame of thinking, then that's kind of the same. We're not saying that we necessarily, you know, what we think is the way, uh, the only way forward. I mean, you, you can definitely, you know, go however you want with it. And, and if you do believe those things, then, you know, you, sh you need to be that change you want to see, and you need to you know, get involved at the local level. And it's really, you know, it's really something that you need to do. And, and we aim to give you the tools to do so. Um, you know, Canada's platform, we don't have, you know, we have our own personal beliefs on Correct. what should happen. But as far as, um, as what our tools offer, I mean, it's, it's up to the local people. We believe that the people should decide which way things go. And, and we need to get people involved at the smaller local level um for to to get involved and i mean kind of one thing that i thought was really astounding was i was doing some research um and there are there's about 520,000 politicians in the country um that's, that's all that's i'm surprised 500, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i should i should 520,000 uh, uh 520,000 uh, offices so offices. at any one time there is 520,000 uh, politicians and, and you know I'd say the average seat can have anywhere between you know two to all the way up to you know six or seven people running and that is I think massively important but the biggest thing to take away is of that 527 uh, 520,000 sorry there um, there's only 537 individual people of the federal government and that's you know the uh, the uh, basically your representatives and your senators that's how many there are. Um, and then on your state level, you have another about 18, 19,000 uh, members across the states. That's your governors and your state assemblies, your state senates. Um, so of that number, over 500,000 of those seats, uh, half a million of those seats are all local. And that's at, you know, the uh, your city, your county, your school districts, your um, lo anything basically local. 96% of all the seats out there are local. Um, it's amazing. You know. And yeah. I don't think people realize that, that that really is the makeup of our government. 96% of those seats are local seats. There's... And, and there's no attention, or there's really, I guess, maybe because people don't think you can make money off of local small elections. If anything, this is where the need is really 
necessary to give the tools to these people, these candidates, to be able to run successful campaigns to get their message out and to get it out so that people can hear it and know where they are, where their schedule is, what their schedule is, where they're going, what their beliefs are, what they stand for, how they believe on issues, whether it's, you know, Canada's platform would be a good place to come. You know, is this candidate believe that we should have a shutdown uh, and keep our schools closed? Does this candidate believe that it's time to open? And then it depends on the person's viewpoint on who then they can vote for. And I think that that's very important is the education of the voter. Because one of the things that I think is the worst thing to do is to go into the voting booth and guess. Mm. I mean, it's a crapshoot, you know, 50-50. Yeah. But that chance that you take could determine either the success or failure of, of your town, of yeah. your county, of your state. I, and that's, that's kind of the thing is, is that it's, it's, it's so important and, and people know so few. Um, but I mean, if you wanted to take, you know, for example, uh, a, a smaller state, you know, if we wanted to look at, let's say, you know, the state of Maryland, um, there's about six million-ish people um, in Maryland. The total number of politicians is just over uh, 2,000. And so if you were to take that, um, those number of politicians on cross state, local and federal, um, you're looking at a, there's about five politicians for every uh, for every for every person there, and so uh, for every ten I'm sorry for every ten thousand citizens there's five uh, politicians. So, you know when you kind of think about that, it's you know if you have a, a town of you know let's let's just say a uh, hundred thousand, then you know what you have there is you have fifty politicians that are directly you know on average directly affecting your life and, and it's every day every and aspect you don't know who your, they are and your property taxes to you know who what teachers are being hired to you know what school programs your children have i mean people don't realize i think they think of um the president or their senators congressmen having the greatest impact on their life and it's really the farthest thing i mean they do i'm not saying they don't but when you're talking about your everyday waking up in the morning and you decide you want to put a carport out on your um, your front yard to protect your car, and then all of a sudden there's an ordinance that says, no, no carports allowed. I mean, people don't realize that every aspect of your life is governed now, and these people make these decisions. Interesting, in the small town I know, um, there was an ordinance that you couldn't have chickens in the com in, inside the local community zone. And then a mayor... Uh, a gentleman ran and became mayor, and now he had chickens. So he decided, well, I'd be, you know, I'm I'm going against the law, so I'll just change the ordinance. And now you can have chickens. So you know, but people don't realize that this is if you're living next to that guy who has chickens, that might be the worst thing you've ever had to do is wake every day to hearing them. You know, it might not be what you want, but because you're not paying attention, these are the things that happen every day in your life. I actually kind of would disagree with you. I, I'm of the general opinion that um, at the federal level, uh, your your individual life is not really affected at all um, by. So you think that's not affected at all by. by yeah, the I mean, because and, and I would say generally, you know, if you truly looked beyond kind of the gen, you know, beyond the 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 kind of dramatics of politics nowadays, if you looked at your life and you took, you know, your life, how much did you know, uh, President Trump benefit him particularly benefit or or impact you in in, in not in oh you got a promotion because you didn't get a promotion because of the president or how much did um, you know uh, Obama? You don't think the businesses stayed open or, or had the, the uh, thing better is, is that those are those rate? are those are general economic things. I don't think that Trump or Obama or Bush or you know any of the other presidents individually really had that much of an impact. I don't think that had you know, um, obviously there are some things that certain pre there are certain moments. You know, those big kind of things, whether it's Obamacare, or the Trump tax plan, those do things wouldn't have happened with other presidents. But generally speaking, your life is going to be more or less the same. There really isn't a huge... so the mayor does the mayor who who has chickens next door to you is impacting your life, right? Because does that something that you have to deal with every you know every day? <laughs> um, and and ultimately, you know the 
if you are you know someone who wants to open a bar um, in your town, it's not the the the, the president or, or or the senators or your your congressman that says you know whether you can or can't. It's, it's your mayor and your city council and whether to give you that uh, that permit. Uh, it's the city that decides if you live in the city. It's the county if sure. you live in the county. That's the stuff that actually affects you on an individual level. And I, all this other stuff about, you know, uh, generally, I'm a, I really am of the opinion that I think whoever is in office at the federal level is really there as a figurehead and for the parties. I don't think, you know, it's for the general way the parties want to go. But I don't think that your individual life is affected very much by it. Well, let me interrupt you right now to just put this out to the audience. If you'd like to give us a call and tell us your opinion, you can call us at 888-627-6008 or direct number is 323-744-4831. So again, those are two numbers, 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And tell us what you think. Um, if you're we'd like a, to hear from you. If you're kind of a numbers nerd like I am, um, if you give me your state, I'll tell you how many people uh, there are as well as how many politicians you have. Um, and then I'll even tell you the per capita for 10,000. So if you're kind of curious and don't want to do any research, I have all the states. And and I think the other thing, too, when we're talking about, you know, um, Canada's platform is just um, – how much, you know, I was reading an article, um, I think his name was Daniello Yannick, um, and he was right, he wrote something, it was, the headline was Local Television, Political Advertising, and Manufacturing of Political Reality. And he says, you know, on local TV news, political ads create the reality of local races, a reality that is not meant to inform voters, but to persuade them. Voters are left to their own devices to fill in the space between what the ads say which is the bot reality, and what political stories used to cover. And I think that when I read that, it hit me why it's even more important for Canada's platform, because we don't want to sell the reality. We want the voter to understand what the reality would be if they voted for that person. And I think that there's so much mistrust, and I think it's, um, it, it's you know, it's correct in why people mistrust the media, because the media has media has become a situation where they are selling us a reality. They aren't informing us anymore, but it's a reality that's being bought by advertisers or marketing um, corporations who want us to believe a certain way. I, and again here I'm saying this is my personal opinion, I think this is the worst thing for our country that can be happening right now and why Canada's platform is even more important because we don't want to sell you reality. We want you to discover your reality, what your life would be if you voted for this person, so we want you informed. And the only way I can think about it right now in getting that kind of intel is by doing it through Canada's platform because there's nothing else like there right now. There's nothing out there that does this. We don't want to sell you anything. We want to give you the tools to be able to educate yourself, to understand what happens when you vote for a certain person because of what they stand for and what they believe in and what they're, you know, where they come from. And really, I mean, kind of the big thing that we're kind of our, our kind of our pledge and our entire ethos of our project is, is that we are not going to, you know, manage campaigns. We're not going to allow any kind of personal bias or personal opinion the way that you can get on our website is if you are allowed to run, and it doesn't really matter where you fall on the political spectrum. Um, as long as you are someone who is running for that seat, you can be on our platform. You can utilize it um, as you, much as you, as you would if you were of any other political identity. So that's the thing is, is that we have we will not be you know picking and choosing. We're nonpartisan, um, right. and and. I, in all in complete you know complete transparency i'm not really super worried with who it is is using it whoever wants to use it is welcome to use it um i hope you know that and then my only thing is, is that i would hope that the people then come and they see all the options presented and the best option is the one that gets chosen and i think the option that's generally speaking people are going to support the thing that is you know positive for for the country for them 
And, you know, if a majority of people say, hey, well, this is the thing that we need, I'm of the opinion that I think people know what's best for themselves. And I, and I, right. I think that's why it's it, it, that's why it, I want this to succeed. I want people to have that ability to decide for themselves. And when we say, when Diego said allow, what we mean is that you have to pass and be qualified. In other words, you have to get the signatures. You have to be a citizen. You have to be a citizen of that community. Those are the things that you would have to qualify through your state election laws to be a candidate. Once you're, once you be past that, then anybody who has qualified to run, we want on our on our platform, because we want to take out the money politics. We want to take out the fact we don't like we don't want to mold your opinion. We don't want to try to lead you a certain way. We want you, the citizen, to be as educated and informed as possible so that you can make the decision. One of the other things I was reading about local television um, is there, okay, I'll read this. This is about civic and political engagement. Local television news is the most prominent news source for local voters and people who are civically engaged with their communities. Those who vote, volunteer, and connect with those around them. And this was an analysis done by the Pew Research Center, and it said people who always vote are more likely to learn about their communities from local television. Um, hold on, I just missed my. Yeah, where was I? Here I am from local television news. Indeed, 63% of people who vote regularly get their daily news from local television stations. Again, this is where I think is an, is problematic because. We know that television now is no longer, as I said before, informing people with facts. It is, whether you're a Fox follower or an MSNBC follower, they each have their own agenda. They each tell it to you a specific way. I think this is where citizens are going to have to say, okay, I have to get off my couch and actually do some research. Now, people get turned off by that. How am I going to find out about these candidates? How do I, you know, whatever. When you come to Canada's platform, we'll have it all there for you to be able to make the decision, to be informed. And that is, I believe, your duty as a citizen of the United States of America, to be an informed and educated voter when you go into that polling booth. Yeah. And when, then when you get to the point of you running for a campaign, you know, if you're in your local, want to put a political ad in your local, local newsletter, say I, I put a I think it was Bozeman Daily Chronicle with has 14,000 people um, an ad for their paper is about $480 a, a black and white Sunday advertisement full page is about $480 that's a lot of money for one day um, we're devising a price plan on Canada's plan it was going to be so economical that that is one day and that could probably buy you possibly a month and a half of political time or, or being putting your campaign on candidates platform mm -hmm. do you agree Diego I mean if this is something that would make it so much cheaper for people to be able to to run oh yeah absolutely I mean I you know the big thing is that cost factor I remember when we had uh, one of our guests on who ran there is that big kind of thing of you know even if you're not doing advertising or anything like that um you know, still you're you're still having to do a lot of stuff, driving, mileage, gasoline, stuff like that, and that stuff isn't cheap. It does add up. Um, so to have somewhere where you can kind of all of those things, kind of in this digital, more and more digital world, um, the really I I think it's there's more benefits to having it online, and you're going to be able to get that same level of outreach in a way uh, that's way more cost effective. So that it kind of lowers that barrier entry because. Unfortunately, right now, um, if you run for office, it's 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 the wealthy man's game. And uh, really, if you're someone who's poor, it's 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 you know it's very prohibitive. There's really no really there's no way right now if you are a poor person to run for office unless you have someone backing you. Right. Um, and so, you know, outside of the handful of you know kind of grassroots lucky people who just you know make a really great video or something. Uh, generally speaking, you're not going to get that way. And, and that really is a shame. And I think um, something that's really important because we need to have diversity in um, in our representatives. And, and, and when I say diversity, I don't mean purely on a racial standard. I mean a diversity of everything, a diversity of thought, a diversity of age, a diversity of 
um, of experience and also a diversity of income. I, you know, I think we need to have um, we need to have people of varieties of incomes. And unfortunately, now, you know, I think the poorest person on uh, in in Congress is still wealthier than about eighty yes. percent of the rest of Americans. So that's true. You know, Very we, true. I would love to be you know give the little guy and the poor guy just a chance to just just equal footing. And that's the thing is, is is we're gonna have the way our pricing works is we're gonna have you know a um, it's a subscription fee. There's no platinum subscription fee for five you know five thousand dollars a month that gets you you know first in line or anything like that. Uh, there's basically one level tier. There's no you know uh, no different tiers for for the candidates for you know ability to um, to basically get promoted or anything like that. So we really want to level that playing field um and kind of if uh, you want a little bit more we do have a very uh, we have a commercial for candidates platform um that i think we're gonna start <laughs> playing um and we are back sorry about that folks <laughs> <laughs> i um, think this whole time thing got to us but you know hey we're doing yeah. pretty good <laughs> I, I would love to know what you think of our commercial i i i heard it again and i really do like it i think it sometimes it makes me feel like i'm I'm on a, a starship going to Mars because we Earth has exploded, but it does give me a sense that I have to get up off the chair and do something to, to, to save what I think is one of the most fantastic places and countries in the world, and that's the United States of America. Yeah, and I, I, I think that, you know, the time is now. We, we are in kind of the perfect positioning where we, are, we have the technology now um, to be able to do things like this. We have the political willpower, you know, the the kind of the the parties of our of our you know our grandfathers and the way that things were done is kind of moving on, and 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 we have this big shift um, just all across the country, across all political realms. There is a big shift and kind of a reorganization um, into into new ways of thinking, and I do think that's very exciting, and I I want to kind of see the internet the internet utilize as a tool for for the people and everyday man for them to have a way up to to kind of compete with the special interests and, and the big money and that's really and, my and I would also say that I think this is a time for a true kind of internet presence that is something unlike what we see now which is the cancel culture and what is it called the woke is that is that the right way woke well it's like yeah it's kind of like a frame of mind a frame that's... of mind who you don't know who these people are you don't know who is behind and making decisions and when they decide they're going to cancel certain books or cancel a celebrity or cancel a person who are these people they're 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 faceless they're just there making decisions that seem to happen like that i mean this is coming from my generation my viewpoint all of a sudden i wake up in the morning something else whether it's speedy gonzalez or dr seuss or oh. you know or that young lady that the teen Vogue editor who was counseled because of something she said eight years ago. I mean, thank God that there was none of this stuff when I was a teenager. I guess I would just be counseled because I well, have I think that's, changed I, my mind in so many ways. That's, I think what we uh, can actually do now is uh, we do have a new kind of segment for our show called uh, CP Viewpoints. And <laughs> what this is all about is this is going to be something we do occasionally where we're going to get a little bit more... Um, kind of just of our personal opinions, uh, kind of get probably a little, we'll probably disagree a little more. And, uh, you know, it's just a little <laughs> bit more of a debate. It's not anything necessarily tied to Canada's platform. This is just kind of our personal opinions about it. And I know you've uh, definitely been a little bit I hot know, on, the, I'm, I'm on hot. the kind of the current uh, the current slew of uh, of canceled things in the last well, Dr. Uh, Seuss books. I'm sorry, I read those books. I grew up. They taught me a lot of things, and I just I I'm just flabbergasted. But I I also want to tell people, listen, Canada's platform is a, a platform that are giving tools to people to run and voters the tools to be educated. But we are human beings, and we have our viewpoints, and that is in my you that is what america is about you may not agree with us maybe on what i may think i know that diego doesn't agree with me on a lot of things but i think i have the right to have my opinion and to be able to voice it he has his right to be able to say i disagree with you i'm not going to take that 
into any kind of personal affront because that's how I learn and I hope that that's how he learns from me. But we do, we are human and we will have our viewpoints. But when it comes to candidates platform, it's all about giving the candidate and the voter all the tools that they need to make their own decision. And I think that's even so more important now for each of us to make our own decision based on our experience, um, the effort we put into it. I mean, there are those people who want to be led, and that's their right. But for those who don't, it's time to stand up, and it's time well, we, to have um, your voice heard. I think uh, the, the most important thing we, we need to make clear is that by listening to this show, you are contractually agreeing to not cancel us, by, no matter what we say. If, you, if you, as, as you're listening to this, you can't cancel us because it's a, this is a contract between me and you um, sitting there listening. So, you know... If you do it, you're going to be in breach of contract. So, you know, that's right. No and, and if you disagree, please call us. You know, let us know what you think. Cause that's all. That's what it's all about. We are not. Uh, we are not two people who are going to um, shame you or chastise you or tell you you're wrong. Because I believe I can't speak for Diego. I believe that everybody's opinion. I have something to gain from. Um, and, and that's what's made my life exciting is being able to see other people's viewpoints, either be able to understand them and, 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 but of all to respect them. Cause I think that's what we need today is more respect in, and that is what our first amendment, right? Freedom of speech to be able to speak what's on your mind and not be, I think, uh, canceled for it is something that we really need to to voice well, and everyone and needs to voice it. That's the that's the issue though is that this thing I really do genuinely believe that this thing started off good and and I think that you know there needs to be you do have the freedom to speak but you don't have the freedom for having repercussions for what you say. So you can say whatever you want but I may not like it and I may you know say okay well I'm not going to ever listen to your show and, and or whatever I may never you know use your product. And and that's kind of the speech goes both ways. And I think when this thing all started, you know, kind of cancel culture, all this stuff, you know, it started in a really good place. You know, there there have been people who had kind of taken advantage of of people, you know, of less power. Traditionally, you know, this kind of started with the Me Too movement where you had these really, you know, bad guys who for years and years, decades, have been, you know, exploiting other people. You know, your Kevin Spaceys and your Harvey Weinsteins. Um, you know, they've been exploiting people for... For, for a long time and, and they were doing very predatory things um, and and I think that you know the 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 idea of setting up a kind of social movement to basically you know after all other avenues have failed to kind of go after these guys is fantastic um, and I think that's the thing is we need to draw a line of what is something that you know is is I guess for lack of better words cancelable we haven't really got it because you know we do have you know, stuff like this um, teen vote girl who, you know, tweeted things over a decade ago when she was like 16. You know, that's that's something that's totally different. That's not that's not predatory. That's, you know, that's youth. That's ignorance. And, well, but, um, you know, this is interesting because uh, we were discussing you and I about cancel culture. And you said that you thought it started from, from a positive place. And I guess it did. But I was looking back into when it, they said it started to actually trend and tweet with the different tweets and stuff. And um, in 2017, I think Indy, India Moore, who stars on FX TV show Pose, wrote that month that nobody deserves to be, to be defined by the worst mistakes they've ever made. And I think that's very true. If you don't make mistakes, I mean, we've all read these, um, you know, self-improvement things that said, you know, failure is only a way to be to achieve success. So are we telling people in this cancel culture where if you make a mistake 10 years ago, that will define you and therefore you're going to be canceled, you won't be able to have a job? Is that really where we want to go? But that's um, the difference is that there, there's, yes, a mistake is tweeting something stupid when you're a kid. You know, for, for two decades, you know, basically using your power to basically say, well, I'm going to ruin you in this industry if you don't, you know, uh, uh, sleep with me. That's not a mistake, and, and and that's the thing is we need to define. I I see nothing wrong with the idea of canceling people. The thing I see where the problem is is that we don't define. We don't have an agreed upon set of rules of what can be cancelable and what cannot. Because you can't cancel people. You can't cancel a writer. You know, I I agree. I think the Dr. Seuss thing was dumb. You can't cancel a writer who did one or two books that didn't age well. 
However, I think you absolutely can cancel, you know, a senator like the, I can't remember his name, but the senator who posted that, you know, that picture of him groping that uh, sailor. He was a Democratic senator a couple years ago. You know, I, I think that that's something. That's not a mistake. Well, okay. That's, I have a problem know. with cancel. I think what you can do is you don't vote for him. You get him out of office. You put somebody in. But this whole term cancel, as if people have a power that got – it's almost like a godly power. I'm going to cancel you. You know, I, I think that terminology is totally – that word is totally wrong. You have the ability to not – Okay, I have a problem with Coca-Cola. This is my viewpoint, people. Please don't cancel me. But when Coca-Cola tells me I need to try to be less white, I'm Hispanic. But it, as of now, the Hispanic community Mexicans are part of the white race. So I don't know. Maybe now they're making a different race because Mexicans are considered brown and not white. But in reality, the way race is defined, they are white. Um, I can decide to cancel Coke, I guess, or I hate that word cancel. But by not buying do. the product. Yeah. By not buying the product. That's mm -hmm. how I can make a difference. I will not go and buy, buy Coke anymore, and I will talk to everyone I know and convince them that they shouldn't either. That's how you can have an impact. This word cancel is if but I that's can the just. Same thing. But, but it's not. It's not. The word cancels. It is the same thing, but the word cancel means that I have the power to make you non existent. I don't have the power. I don't have the power to do that to anyone, but I have the power to make choices in what I buy, who I, I, I associate with, who I listen to, and that's my power. But, that but I don't like the idea that I can cancel people. Well, that that's for your is, generation. That's it's, your generation. It's, the thing is, is that it's basically for anyone who and, – and I, I think, you know, let it be said that I think a majority of the things that have been canceled is beyond stupid. I really do. I think most of these things are dumb. However, that being said, I think the idea of saying, you know, well, it's not just, oh, I'm not going to watch this guy's movies, you know, if, uh, you know, this, so, this, it's basically saying, I won't watch the movies of anyone who works with this guy. And that's what works. Well, and so that's the same the thing. thing. I just, I just think cancel gives too much power to a pe group of people. I don't know who they are. But a group of people I don't know who this cancel culture power. is. It's well, it's not any one individual person. It's basically it's a group of people who, who have all are agreed. these group of people. I it's want to know who they it's are. anyone who disagrees with the actions that are done. I mean, if you so you know, then how so then this group of people. Let's take this this editor who who lost her job. The editor yeah. for Teen Book. Who? Okay, so she, somebody put posted tweets that she had done seven eight years ago, mm -hmm. and then how does that that group have the energy? To then decide to have again, I'm saying that that is wrong. But the, the okay, thing but that's so, wrong is that they got, you know, eight year old tweets. The fact that they don't like what she did and they're trying to get her, you know, I don't have an issue when you're but doing don't you it see targeting the danger out of real power? people. But who? Where is that power center? That power seems to be somewhere that I can't put my finger on that then can go to the people who make the decision to cancel her by firing her because it's not individual people it's that, that's the whole thing well, who makes the decision it, like i'm i'm running on the board a, of, a, a vote okay so the members who decide to fire her are the board i would gather a vote correct i would imagine so okay yeah. so how do they go on twit tweet oh is it twitter and they look at how many people are saying no what it is is that there's, there's calls for her to be fired and so they call in no i'm board. saying that people are saying either on twitter however they're emailing i don't know how they're doing it i've never been a, i've never joined in on a cancel very recent. scary that power is very scary but that's because that's it's, that's the thing that's that's kind of the great thing about it and the bad thing but that's the thing is is we need to establish rules of what can and and we have that in the sense of defending minorities of uh you know we have discrimination laws on you know racial or, or sexual minorities we need to have those laws on intellectual minorities people who are in the minorities of opinions that's the that and that's really codifies my issue is that you can be canceled for your opinion on things and i think that is really really devastating however your actions things you have done you know, things that you have done to people, those I think you should be canceled for because those are, if you do something bad, a bad action, um, that is something that you should be canceled for. But if you, you know, have an opinion on something, you say something, uh, you know, or 
or just you know you you exist as you know a you know a Mr. Potato Head or Speedy Gonzalez or whatever. Those Watch are Speedy things. Gonzalez. You cannot... he's, my, he's my icon. So I, I think there should be a rule that you know if you're African American because that was a gentleman that that brought up Speedy Gonzalez in the New York Times editorial. He should stick to his own culture and his own race. Okay, is that something I could be canceled for for saying that opinion? Because Speedy Gonzalez to me was my hero. I'm Mexican American. He was my hero. If you want to look, take an analogy. The cat could be, be the white establishment. Speedy always got the, his way. He he was manipulative. He was speedy. He he outsmarted the cat every time. And I loved watching it. Yes, he had two lazy friends, but I, I have all kinds of lazy friends. That doesn't mean you cancel Speedy. Gonzalez. I don't think you should cancel something of you know. Again, I think that it should be reserved purely for actions on people. That's right. where it needs to be. So how are you going to mandate that? You're going to legislate that? Well, and I yeah, I think what we personally, I think you need to have protected statuses for, like I said, intellectual minorities, people who have or you know have intellectual beliefs or you know, personal political beliefs that are in the minority. Those things, you should not be, you know, targeted for harassment or you should not be fired for so those kinds of things. So an intellectual? Well, he's, he's his own, I mean, it's his own entity. It's a cartoon. I don't think you should, you know, it's a cartoon. If you don't like it, turn it off. Oh, that's that, not something, that's, that, that's different. That's different than, oh, you know, where, again, where it started of, this guy, you know, this guy was predatory, you know, Kevin Spacey, you can't turn for his victims, they can't turn Kevin Spacey off in their mind, you know, the, the, he assaulted those young men. And and I do think it needs to be applied um, equally, I mean, you know, another well, thing that's the Lincoln been... Project, look at those, exactly, gentlemen. those guys, those you know, saints. yeah, it, those it, guys it, were in the, in, in they were supposedly, you know, um, these great righteous guys who were gonna, you know, who were so against Trump. Again, I'm not saying I'm a Trump person. I just think that we can't be hypocrites. And it seems that we have become a very hypocritical society. And we say one thing and do the culture, other. Those guys probably would have gotten away with it. That, that's, I think, the other thing. Uh, before, maybe not cancel culture, but before the idea of, you know, social movements uh, to kind of get rid of people, those those guys would have gotten away with it most likely because they, had, you know, they these were very well-connected, wealthy guys. Okay. I agree on. social media has given a voice, but it has gone to the point where it is so over, you know, it's not equal balanced anymore. It's top heavy. Where now anybody, like you said, who has a difference of opinion can be canceled and lose their jobs, lose their livelihoods. Granted, I think somebody who rapes somebody and it's proven, yes, you should be scorned. You should be fired from your job. I just don't like to use the word cancel. But if you have an opinion on the fact that maybe they if your opinion is something different than what is stated, you have that right. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to agree with you. But I can't cancel you because you have something and you believe a certain way. And you may have your reasons for believing that way. So we're in such a dangerous territory or a dangerous time of being in a position where you cannot learn from the mistakes that you've made. And I'm not saying, you know, then... These guys were in power. So it's very difficult when you talk this. Like, does the person who commits a crime and goes into, gets rehabilitated, he, will he then forever be canceled because he made that mistake of maybe raping somebody or sexually assaulting somebody? Yes, maybe he should, but do I have a right? I mean, what do you think about that? And well, can really, somebody be rehabilitated? Can they? Do they have a right to turn around? I think they can, again, yeah, they can be rehabilitated. They may not, you know, do it ever again. There, there is still going to be that you know you can't run from your past what you've done in your past is what you've done and people will always react to that the different ways they are and that's really i think the important thing is is that it's really comes down to what what has happened in the past has happened and we need to have defense for what you've said in the past and that's the thing what you've done the, the if you've done something bad to someone you you you've victimized someone that is you know you, you've assaulted someone that is something that you cannot run, you can't run from, and and you shouldn't be protected from. However, if you've said something in the past, you've thought something in the past, you've had an opinion, you've had a political ideology in the past. Those are things we need to protect 
for because those are important things in kind of the dial the dialogue and the discourse of moving the country forward in every direction. You need those kind of you need those um, basically those kind of things protected. And really, I would like for people to run on the local level to defend to defend the ability. That's the thing is our ability to speak freely and to have our thoughts that is being um, under assault. And so I do want you know people to run. I want people to use a candidate's platform um, to basically for that end to use it to you know for my goal make it so that you can't get fired for or, or in trouble for what you believe. Right. You know what you do, sure, but what you believe that's you that's in your core thing and that has value as a person. I, I think when people and I think these are the people from a younger generation, your generation have to understand that the only way you grow is by making mistakes. And, and you can have a viewpoint 10 years ago. I know I have changed my viewpoint many times through my experiences because that's what's made me grow. So to sit there and say or think that I won't be able, you know, be able to ever have a voice because I fear of what my voice may be and what might happen to me 10 years from now or what I said 10 years ago is not the right way to go. It's not going to benefit anybody. It's not going to make changes that are positive. It's only going to really keep us from becoming who we are meant to be. Well, on that note, we are running kind of up uh, to our time lot. I think uh, I want to thank everyone for coming in joining us in our call. Oh, and Diego, please mention who's coming on the next time we're on. Oh, yes. So next we have um, a friend of mine. His name's uh, Peter Brozka. He was, he ran for, um, he ran for office in 2018. Unfortunately, he was, there were some issues with the registering. He's going to try to talk a little bit more about the issues he ha he's had with um, kind of, you know, in all honesty, it was definitely, there were some questionable things happening. He ran out in, um, I believe it was uh, North Dakota. He ran for uh, Congress and he um, basically was removed from the voter rolls and so he wasn't able to run. And he just kind of has a lot of insight on the, just the, the stresses and the complications of, of basically running. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to have him. But... Uh, that'll be on next month. That's going to be over on April 3rd. So you don't have to worry about it being an April Fool's At Day. 7 o'clock. Se uh, 7 o'clock for those 7 o'clock Arizona. Arizona, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> won't be 8 anymore. So, um, well, everyone, I hope you guys all have a fantastic rest of your Saturday night. Thanks for um, spending this hour with us. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to being here in two weeks. Goodbye, everybody. Have a safe time. Safe week. For now it's fine Waste of our time